My mom found a pair of handcuffs. I'm not going to lie. Oh my God. I did not know about that. You did. And she was like, what is this? And like, was oh. just like, I know. And I told her, I was like, oh, you know, one year I dressed up as a cop. There you go. Yeah. That's like a, a reasonable alibi. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hello, welcome back for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. I'm really excited to introduce my guest today, Julie Lee. I think this is actually my third international podcast guest now. And Julie and I have navigated a range of adventures together over the years, including surviving the emotional scarring of wearing diapers together at a date party. Um, We also survived physical scarring through snowboarding injuries the week before Julie started a new job, no less. But in addition to all these fun outings, Julie is extremely smart. She's a badass. She's worked in accounting. She currently works in compliance and just a range of roles that are all very intimidating from a professional level, from my perspective. So welcome. Thanks, Leslie. Who else do you know that lives abroad? I'm a little like offended. (laughs) I feel like I was your, you know. Well, you're my first, like longest standing friend who's abroad now for sure. But the other two guests, like one of them I met while I was abroad. And then one of them I actually met oh, because right. of the podcast. Like I haven't actually met him in person. So, okay. I remember you telling me about a girl you met right before I think you were about to visit me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Was, was that the girl? Yes. I was like, who girl. is she? Who is, <laughs> who is she? she? Who's the other who woman? Who are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> You're still my number one international friend. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Yes. Good, good. <laughs> so for longtime listeners, you may actually know something about Julie because she's already been featured on the podcast by way of a story that was shared in episode seven, Here to Make Friends. And yeah, for people who might not have listened, would you like to recap that story um, of the Facebook status, that infamous story? Oh my god! I feel like I'd really hid that in like the deep crevices of my mind, <laughs> you know. And then when the podcast with Ariel came out, I remember she brought it up, and I was dying. But yeah, long story short, I was I think like a sophomore or freshman in college, and I had just hooked up with this like cool hot guy. He was older. I think he was like a senior, <laughs> and I was at the bar with. Ariel and I was trying to show him his Facebook profile because you know this is like 2010 and that's mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled out my Blackberry Pearl as you do, as as we must back in 2009 2010. <laughs> and I was trying to pull up his Facebook profile and so I like go to like the top search bar, which I was assuming you know like is the search bar, and I start typing his name first <laughs> and last, <laughs> and then I put it in. And I'm like waiting for the page to load. I'm like, wait, like nothing's What's loading. Happening? And then I just look and it's my status, literally first and last name. And I think not too long ago, like the guy had added me on Facebook oh, as well. No. Yeah. And it's one thing if I had just put like the first name because then it could be, you know, it was mm-hmm. a very generic name. I'm not going to yeah. say the name. No, you know, so. no need. Yeah. I got to like protect his identity, of course, mm-hmm. but it was a pretty generic American name, I will say. Mm-hmm. And had it just been the first name, I maybe could have gotten away with it, but no, nope, it was the first <laughs> and last name. And we were at the bar. So like, I don't think like 5G obviously wasn't a thing back then. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't delete it. And the reception was so bad because it was a crowded bar. And I immediately start freaking out. (laughs) And it's like 
peak Facebook creeping hours. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like people are online. <laughs> yes. People are online. Like classes are done. Work is done. Like whatever. <laughs> it's like whatever, 6, 7 PM mm-hmm. peak creeping hours. And I was like, Oh my God. I immediately run out of the bar. I call mm-hmm. my roommate at the time. And I'm like screaming. I'm like, Carrie, here's my login. Here's my password. You need to delete block. Like whatever you do. Oh, God. But a uh, long story short. Yeah. Um, blocked the guy. He blocked me back, and we haven't spoken. He since. blocked you. I didn't realize he blocked you back. Yeah. So okay. because when I had unblocked him, you know, if mm. if he had not blocked me back, he would still show up in my friends list. Yeah, but he didn't. So. Oh my god. So yeah. you know how like nowadays, sometimes if you type something in Facebook and you start to type someone's name, it automatically yeah. tags them or gives you the option. I don't know I don't if that know. functionality was there. Like, do you think it tagged him or was it just like his name? No, I don't think I tagged him, but okay, literally his first and last name. And that was it. And that was my, <laughs> face, and that was my Facebook status for, I would say like a solid 15, 20 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> and I also think at the time, like Facebook wasn't as developed where like, if it was your status and you had deleted it, it would still show up on your feed for some time after, you Oof. know? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm That's super rough. paranoid. Yeah, that was my biggest fear, and obviously it came to fruition, and here we are. <laughs> I like, despite the fact that this happened ten years ago, it still like gets me every time. It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. and now it's like obviously now we like still creep to this day. Like yeah. we all do it. Mm-hmm. Now it's just maybe on LinkedIn instead of Facebook. I still yeah. have that fear in the back of my mind, so I always have to like double check. Like, okay, mm-hmm. what what am I searching in? Is it the search bar? It better yes. be the search bar. And it's like, if you're switching platforms, like one of them could seem like the search bar and then it's like, oh no, that's the status. Like it's, it is nightmare inducing for sure. Yeah. And the mobile version is always different. It's Mm -hmm. not as, I don't know, clear cut maybe as the web version. Yeah. Technology is like really out to get us. Yeah. But if there's one positive that came out of this, I hope that everyone learned a lesson from my mistakes and like all you people out there that want to creep, you know, you can use my story as a warning. (laughs) Be cautious. yeah, be cautious. Creep with uh, creep with caution. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually more to this story because it really came full circle when you had a job after college. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was maybe like two or three years after college. I was in client services and I was working for one of the major studios. Um, and I remember like I just started the project and they were like, oh, like you should introduce yourself to the CTO. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, you know, working very closely with her. I was like, yeah, OK. So I schedule a meeting. I go to her office. She's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, like you have an office. Obviously, you're going to put pictures of your kids in your office. And mm-hmm. I walk in and I see this said <laughs> mystery man. First last name, mystery man. I see <laughs> like a big picture of him on her desk. and I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's haunting I mean, you. I don't want to assume. So I didn't say anything, but I remember seeing his picture and I was okay. Like, like Julie, don't worry about it, whatever. And then I start talking to the CTO. Mm-hmm. I introduce myself and she mm-hmm. asked like, oh, like, you know, where'd you go to college? And I tell her, oh, you know, I went to UCLA. She's like, oh, really? No way. My son went to UCLA. Like, do you know him? His oh, name is blah, blah. <sighs> and you're and like, I indeed I do. But I'm yeah. not going to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's when I was like, oh my God, this is this man's mom. <laughs> I'm just like, no, no, I don't know if I do. She's like, yeah, yeah, he went to UCLA. And I was like, oh, no, don't think so. Yeah, never seen him before. Definitely don't ask him. <laughs> yeah, definitely made out with him drunkenly my freshman year. But, you know, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oof. That is, yeah. that's wild. Like, what are the odds? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, LA is 
as big as of a city it is, it's a small world. And That's I just, so I real. could not believe that happened. I was just like, oh my God. And I remember, I think I like immediately texted Ariel or you or somebody. I was like, I have to tell somebody yes. because only something like this would happen to me. <laughs> Honestly, I have to say that's true. You're like, as much yeah. as you tried to hide it in the recesses of your mind, it's like, nope, back. Nope. Many, many years later, here we go. Yes, yeah. yes. So clearly, Julie and I have a lot of stories together over the years. Like we became friends my junior year, your sophomore year, I believe. So it's been a while. But I have to say, our friendship really blossomed during a Vegas trip. And we were both navigating going out with our recently acquired like fake IDs. And it was so funny because we were on this like big group trip where the majority of people were 21. You know, they were smart enough to be like, I'm not going to try to go out unless I have a real ID. But we're like, no, no, we got this. And so every time we were like trying to get in somewhere, we're like, I hope like if your ID doesn't work, like mine's not going to work. Like I hope that the bouncer isn't like checking too intensely. Um, And I'm so grateful that that bonded us because that friendship has extended throughout the duration of college and far beyond. But like I mentioned before, now you're abroad. And so for context, Julie moved to Amsterdam just over two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. I moved November 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And my fitness definitely suffered right after you moved because... stop. It did. We were 6 I don't believe you. I don't know. It was really helpful to have that, like, accountability of, like, instead of being like, oh, I'll just snooze and shorten my workout. It's like, no, Julie's going to be waiting for me at 6 a.m., so I need to be there. But I remember it was funny because I'm never on time. You know me. (laughs) I am, like, just always late to everything that I do. It's like, I would always be like, oh, I just woke up. I'll be there. I'll be there. So even though we knew every day what time it was. It It just never got any easier though, honestly. (laughs) No, especially during, you know, when it's not daylight savings. It was so hard. It really was. No, but I do, I do miss our, our gym sessions. Because not only could we, you know, like work on our fitness, we could catch up and yeah, good time. Uh, I know. So sad. But, you know, it's like, I think it's a testament to our friendship that two and a half ish years later, you know, we're still very close, even though we don't get to see each other. So I love that. No, I mean, of course, we're so close, Leslie. Why wouldn't we be? Yeah, you're right. You're right. So another thing that I would say has kind of bonded us is the fact that we've both grown up with immigrant parents. And of course, our parents' experiences are very different. You know, like my parents are from Jamaica, your parents are from Korea. But I feel like it just, regardless of where your parents from, being first generation has such an impact on your identity. And from your perspective, I'd love to hear like how that kind of impacted your identity and your upbringing and all of that great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've watched Gilmore Girls, but I think her is her name Lane, the like the Asian girl on the show. I am embarrassed to admit I've never seen a single episode. Okay, neither have I, but (laughs) a lot of my friends in high school that had met my mom and knew me always compared me to the girl, like the Asian girl that was on the Gilmore Girls show. I mean, both my parents were super conservative, you know, Mm -hmm. Korean parents. Mm -hmm. They were like each other's first kiss. My mom and dad, yeah, like first kiss. I know. Like first boyfriend, first kiss, everything. They got married. They came to America. And so they're kind of you know, expectations of what normal dating and what a girl, how a girl should act with, you know, a boy was just completely different. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that I was repressed, but they definitely had a lot of restrictions that they placed on me. And like Mm -hmm. any, you know, angsty, prepubescent, like preteen, you know, would behave. 
Mm-hmm. I was super rebellious. So everything that my mom told me I couldn't do, of course, I would naturally do. Of course. But I honestly, I think back to like all the things that I did to like kind of disobey them. And it wasn't anything crazy. Like my mom didn't let me wear tank tops to school because she's mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't show your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't wear like shorts or anything like that. Cause like, oh, like that's too much skin. And so it's yeah, like stuff yeah. like that, that I feel like most American, you know, kids, like they would not see it as an issue, but my parents obviously did because mm-hmm. they were just from a completely different world. Yeah. And I look back on it now and I, I can't fault them because their world, like what they knew to be normal was just completely different than, you know, what I was accustomed to growing mm-hmm. up in America. Mm-hmm. But we, we butted heads for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, I think that your parents were probably a bit more conservative than mine and a bit more yeah. traditional, like just in the sense that, you know, for my parents, they definitely weren't each other's first kiss or anything like that. But yeah. they were still definitely conservative in terms of like rules for dating around high school. And like yeah. when you said the thing about like not being able to wear certain things, I remember yeah. like in middle school, you know, like you change in the locker rooms. And so you like see the underwear that other girls are wearing. And I I remember when people started wearing thongs and I was like, mom, can I buy thongs? And she said, no. And I thought I was so smart and I did actually get away with it. We were at this store and they had like two of the same packs of underwear, like the same exact pattern, same number. And one of them was like a regular boy short and one of them was a thong. So I showed her the boy short one and then like switched it last minute. Okay. The thong out. Yeah. So things like that, or like changing after I got to school, just because I wonder, not even anything scandalous, but like shorts to your point when I was in middle school. And I mean, to your story about switching like boy shorts for thongs, my mom too, she was like, those are the devil's underwear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also for context, not only were my parents super conservative, they were also like crazy, crazy Christian Catholic, mm-hmm. very religious. And my mom told me that thongs were the devil's underwear <laughs> and like refused to buy any of them for me. And I don't know if it was popular like for your middle high school um but like you remember like the bejeweled thongs yes with, well, okay like where it met in the back like the, yes. the eastern part yeah they would be like little like not swarovski but like little like crystals mm-hmm. that like tied like the parts of the thongs <laughs> together so i was like i want this my mom's like absolutely not these are the devil's underwear which in hindsight they were pretty like risque i will for, say like a middle school okay yeah, yeah. Like, a 13 year old to wear yeah um but i mean i was a little, you know, the rebel that I was, mm-hmm. I, I would steal them actually. Oh my God. And, so rebellious. Yeah. Super rebellious. I would steal them. And I used to hand wash them in the bathroom mm-hmm. sink because Same. I didn't want, yeah, I didn't want my mom <laughs> to find out. And so I would like hide them in the corners of my drawers and then I would hand wash them and then I would air dry them in like the really like dark corners of my closet so that my parents <laughs> The things we did, and it's like literally yeah. no one was seeing my underwear, but no. I was just like, but the girls in the locker room, like they'll think yeah. I'm a square. Like <laughs> Exactly. Like I'm super cool, like, you know, like underneath I'm a badass, you know, mm-hmm. like but no, yeah, those those were the times. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because I feel like I was rebellious too, but I'm sure for both wow. of us, it's like we had our shit together. Like for mm-hmm. me, I think when my parents finally let up and didn't like pay as much attention is when they were like, okay, she's getting good grades. Like she's exactly. actually like going to take care of her academics. So we were both rebellious, wow. but it wasn't in the sense where we're like skipping school and like flunking yeah. out of our classes or anything like that. It was just like yeah. good natured rebellion. Exactly. And that's, I remember when I was in school, that's the argument that I would also use. I'd be like, look, mom, like I get straight A's, you know, like I don't have any issues at school. Like, let me wear my devil thongs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> let me wear my devil 
It reminds me of in like Miss Congeniality where it's like the woman who ends up running and she's like, yeah, my mom never bought them for me. She said they were the devil's panties. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that exactly was my what your mom said. It was. And I mean, even growing up, I didn't, you know, I never owned Barbies as well. Mm. I don't know if it was the same for you, but my mom never bought me Barbies because you know how mm. you could like take off the Barbies clothes <laughs> yes. and like switch out the outfit. <laughs> She's like, it's the devil's dolls. No. Okay. Yeah. My, my parents were not as intense. I had Barbies. Yeah. I, so I never owned a pair of Barbies or anything like that. I never, yeah, got wow. to buy any of yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I guess I could yeah. see that. It's like Barbie's pretty voluptuous, you know? Like- it is. It is. My mom was like, no, that's that's too inappropriate. <laughs> so I remember I would like go over to a friend's house and they would have Barbies and that's the only time that I could play with them. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, based on what you've shared so far, I feel like I can probably guess how your parents approached this, but what were their rules around you dating or talking to boys in high school? I was not allowed. I was not allowed to date in high school, talk to boys. Like we never had the conversation of the birds and the bees. Mm -hmm. Mom never sat me down and did any of that because just in her mind, it's not even a possibility. Mm -hmm. So like why even discuss it? (laughs) Yeah. Like why plant that idea in your mind? (laughs) Exactly. It's like in my mom's eyes, it's like I go throughout my life. And then when I hit 30, I just get married. (laughs) You know, it'll just pop up with an engagement ring. (laughs) Exactly. Like there was no transition period where you like learn about dating, which I feel like a lot of, you know, high school, when you have like your high school relationships and college relationships, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. like it's you learning how to be, you know, with another person. And yeah. I feel like the way my parents or my mom specifically treated dating, it's like it just dating didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like you only date when you're at the age to marry. And then it's not really like dating recreationally. You're dating to get married. Yeah. There's like a clear intention. Exactly. So yeah. I was not allowed to date in high school. So, yeah, none of that. Yeah. And I, I went on my first date when I was 16. And so again, like, you know, the theme is pretty common of like, your parents were more strict than mine. My parents were definitely like, whoa, but they were like, okay, it's fine. Did you tell them about the date? Like you said, mom, like I'm going to go on this date. Yeah, they actually knew. And I don't even remember why I felt confident telling them. Like, I think there must've been something that indicated that they weren't going to freak out or say that I couldn't go. So yeah, Yeah. I went on this date. It didn't turn into anything. I never had any serious relationships in high school. Did they pick you up from your house and everything? Like, did they have to meet... You know, like I'm your parents. I'm really or, trying to remember. I yeah. don't know that he did pick me up, which I'm like, oh, like okay. it would have been nice. But yeah, I don't think he did. Um, okay. But my parents definitely gave me a talking to before and after and all of that. But to your point, I do feel like dating seriously in high school, like having those relationships, it's not serious in the grand scheme of things, but it teaches yeah. you so much. And it so really for does. me, I didn't date anyone. Like I didn't have a boyfriend in college and I had one boyfriend in high school, but it was like too short to really count for anything. So my yeah. first relationship was when I was 23. And it's like, I feel like that's a little old to be starting to figure this stuff out. So I was definitely a little less mature in that relationship so yeah I mean so I wasn't allowed to date and the way my mom kind of found out about it was I mean back when cell phones first came out we were like what in middle school high school Mm -hmm. um, and my mom got me my first cell phone you could go to Verizon and like ask for printouts of like the numbers (laughs) of text messages that you had sent during like your billing period oh no because that was like during the days where you didn't have unlimited texting like you could have Mm -hmm. like x texting and x hours of talking and whatever And my mom had gotten, like, she had requested to see, like, how many, I don't know, I think she wanted, like, a detailed report of the Mm -hmm. billing, like, for that period. 
And that's when she saw that I had been continuously texting <laughs> the same number multiple times. Oh my and God. my mom like asked me about it. And that's how basically she figured out that I had a boyfriend and it was super awkward. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Julia, you can still do that because I have Verizon and my mom and I are on a family plan. Oh, and really? I've, I've told this story on the podcast, so I'll, I'll keep it brief. But basically it was like a weekend when I was actually, so for context, I was 28. So a full grown adult. And I was just like at my boyfriend at the time's house and I was there for the weekend. I didn't respond to her text for like a few hours and she freaked out and she called the last number that I had spoken with on Verizon. But that was like a total stranger. It was like someone who I'd given my number because he had asked for it and it was like super uncomfortable. And he called me. I thought I wouldn't have answered, but I thought it was like an appointment or something that like was calling me back. And so I got stuck talking to him for like seven minutes. And that was the last person I spoke to. And she called this person and left a voicemail being like, do you know where my daughter is? (laughs) So, yeah. Really? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. I didn't know that. You never told me this. Yeah, I, I, it was pretty recent. It was wild. And we actually, like, she addressed it on the podcast when I interviewed her. And she's like, yeah, I, like, shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I know my mom's the type of person where she doesn't feel like she has boundaries with me. Like, she Mm -hmm. can just do whatever, ask me whatever, because I'm her daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I remember another thing that she did was back when landlines were a thing. Mm -hmm. And I would talk to my high school boyfriend because he... He was a year older, so he was off to college. I was still in high school, so obviously, like, we call on each other every day. We're like, I Aww. miss you, I miss you. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. And I would hold up the landline so my mom couldn't use it. Oh, God. And we had multiple phones throughout the house. Mm-hmm. And she would somehow sneakily, like, pick up no. her. Yeah, and listen to the conversations. Oh, and I God. had no idea. This was, normally, you can hear, like, yes. you know, like, the other phone, like, you know, dialing in or whatever. But yeah, how did she do I, that? I don't know. She must have just done it at like a very specific point in time in her conversation yeah. where I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. And she did that and she like heard, oh my God, like, uh, you know, like, oh, I miss you. I love you. <laughs> you know, all that like, yeah, love yeah. Love stuff. And she had heard all of it, didn't say a word. Oh and then God. a couple of days later, she's like, I heard what you said. Like, you can't be saying those things to that boy, like, la, 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 la. And like, just oh chastising me on it. But like, to your point of like, how your mom just like called this, my mom's like, like in her mind is like it was within her full rights to pick up the phone and just listen in. Yeah, it's she like heard everything. At least it wasn't anything scandalous. At least it was like cute and romantic. Know. Yeah, but it's like you don't want your mom to. I don't know. No, definitely not. Especially for a mom who thinks like you probably shouldn't tell anyone you love them unless you're like married. <laughs> like- yeah. And to this day, because I was home back in January, she brought it up. She, I forgot, I forgot the context of how, but she was just like, oh, like that time that, you know, you were calling blah, blah. And you said all those things. And I'm just like, mom, like, like, you don't remember my birthday, but that's what you remember. Like 12 (laughs) years later, literally. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I definitely, so the one person who was my boyfriend in high school, I would talk to him on the phone all the time. And this is going to sound like so ridiculous, but it was long distance because we had met each other at a college camp. So he lived in NorCal and I lived in San Diego. So we would just talk on the phone every night. And so of course it's on the call logs. And I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or even if I've told you, but like I snuck to visit him like the summer before college. Like I bought a plane ticket and my mom didn't know. She suspected I was going, but she didn't have confirmation until I was like at the airport and then like boarding the plane. How did you get to the airport? 
Oh my gosh. I drove myself, but I had told her that I was going on like a camping trip with a friend um, and that that's where I was going. The classic, oh, I'm with a friend. Classic. And so that was like, that was definitely the most rebellious thing that I've ever done um, while I was underage. And so she finds out. And at that point I'm already like, well, I'm going to get in trouble either way. And I'm on the plane. So I'm not going to like get off and like come back. And she like left this guy a threatening voicemail because she had his number from the call logs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So nuts. So nuts. It's crazy what my mom will like, like chooses to remember. Like when I was back, back in January, we were driving around and I kid you not, like she's forgotten so many things. She'd be like, oh, like how do we get to this one random store, you know, in Redlands, a small town that I'm from. But we happened to be driving by like the street where my high school ex-boyfriend, the one that my mom, you know, like listened in on. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, this is blah, blah, blah's house. And I was like, what? oh like, my God. Yeah. I was like, you remember this. Like wow. of all things, you remember this, but you don't remember <sighs> most of other things in my life but that's hilarious wow wow yeah so from your mom's perspective like when would she say you like had your first kiss if she had to guess based on what she knows um actually we had this well back when I was home in January you know I felt like you know what like I'm almost 30 I'm just gonna ask my mom all the questions that I want to ask because she Mm -hmm. my whole life had told me my dad you know was her Mm -hmm. first kiss Mm-hmm. Their first kiss was on their wedding day. Wow. And I just, I wanted to see if this was all true because who yeah. knows like what she was telling me when I was a little kid. And so mm-hmm. I called her, I was like, was dad really your first kiss? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, yes, of course it was. All and she's like, yeah. And she was like, Shane, my Chromebook. She's like, he, was he your first kiss? I know he wasn't. And like just grilling me because she didn't believe that it was. And I was like, mom, like, why are you asking such weird things? <laughs> but I mean, in my mom's mind, I think she, yeah, she probably thinks like Shane was... My first kiss. My Aww. first. That's really sweet. I know. Yeah. It's like, if only you knew, mother. <laughs> if only you knew. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's funny because I think my mom knows a little bit more now because she listens yeah. to the podcast. There are definitely yeah. episodes that I've told her, like, you don't need to listen to Oh, God, to is your mom going to judge me after? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. But your mom is honestly probably going to be like, oh, like, Julie was a better daughter than, like, my daughter. But... <laughs> No, definitely not. No, but I don't know if I would ever tell my mom the absolute truth because like mm-hmm. I said, my mom's you know upbringing, it was just so completely different. It's yeah. like, if I, like as much as I want to be as transparent with my mom, not that I want to like lie to her or keep things from her. I don't want her to be disappointed mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. me or like hurt yeah. her because I do think the truth, it would just be so drastic from her norm yeah. that it would just be too shocking for her. And so that's why I tried to like, for me, like between my mom and I, to me, like ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. I only answer truthfully if she like really needs to know. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like does she really totally. need to know the nitty gritties of like you and I blacking out. No. Like no. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You should, <laughs> no, nothing needs to know. <laughs> no, you're so right. And it's like, Again, it's not because we want to be dishonest. It's just like on a need to know basis. Like that's not going to help our relationship. It's not going to help her in any way to tell her like all of the details. And also it's like, I think that, so for example, my mom has never been drunk. Like she's had one or two drinks like at a time. And it's like, I understand that if you'd never been drunk and you saw the way that people act when they're drunk and like saw people hung over, it would be like, why would you do this? Like you can't understand why anyone would put themselves through that if you've never experienced it. And I think it's kind of similar of like, if you haven't gone to a college and like binge drink and like hooked up with people, you're going to be like, 
what is this? Like, this yeah. is trashy behavior. Like, I don't see the appeal because you've just I, never gone through it. I honestly think my mom would think that I would need an exorcism. And I'm not <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I, I remember being home and drinking half a bottle of wine, which honestly is not weird. No, you know? not we at all. We can have a bottle each and it's still not weird. And mm-hmm. my mom literally sat me down and was like, are you an alcoholic? Like, this path that you're going down, like, this is dangerous. I'm just like, mom, like. Julie, literally the number of times I've had this discussion with my mom, it's wild. Like she really thinks I have a problem, I think even to this day. And it's like, absolutely not. Like I know myself, I think I'm self-aware enough to be like, if I did have a problem or was drinking too much, I would absolutely like cut back. But yeah, it's just, there's no context of like, how can you drink three glasses of wine and be okay? Like clearly that's a sign that you're like drinking too much and your tolerance is like through the roof. Or like drinking on a weekday. My mom's like, oh my God, like you would do that. And it's it's really not weird in the big scheme mm-hmm. of things. But like mm-hmm. I said, my mom's standard for what's normal is just completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, you know, yeah. I hope that at both of our weddings, our moms can get like a little tipsy. Shannon actually talked about this. It's like, because yeah, obviously like you want to be a little like buzz at your wedding. That's what you do. Like you have open bars at weddings. And mm-hmm. Shannon even was like, is that going to be a thing? Like, should we get drunk at like our wedding? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. My parents yeah. have never seen me drunk. Yeah. I don't know if your mom's seen you drunk. She has actually yeah? seen me drunk. Okay. Not like, not like, okay, the like UCLA, like dorms level drunk, but yeah. she's seen me drunk. Like when we'll go out sometimes like in for dinner or downtown, like we, she has this one oh, bar that she likes and we'll go there sometimes. And maybe I'll have like three drinks or four drinks and like, so she'll yeah. see me tipsy. And then okay. she's like, that was not very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my mom's never seen me like fully fledged drunk. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It is it would be jarring. I've thought about that too of like I don't want to black out at my wedding, like obviously not, but no. like you know, you want to have a good time. Fun. Yeah. Of course. And you want the people around you to have fun. So it's like I will definitely have friends there that will probably be close to blackout and that's what mm-hmm. I would want for them because uh-huh. you know, it's supposed to be a good like celebratory time. But I I, I could just imagine my whole like my mom's side, my dad's side, like all my like super conservative Korean side of the family, like seeing this and just being like, oh my God, (laughs) what is this, you know, like heathen behavior. (laughs) Seriously. They're just like doing like the the cross throughout the entire night. Like going around, like shaking the rosary, everyone like repent, repent. (laughs) (laughs) Heathen. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, I know we talked about like, okay, when did your mom think that you had your first kiss and like she thinks that Shane and I think one step further is like we both have similar stories, but one key difference is that like mine happened when I was 17, yours happened when you were a full oh, adult. Yeah. And so when I was 17, like the same guy who was my boyfriend, like I'd lost my virginity to him. And I think I'd just gone to Planned Parenthood because I was very much like that kid who like dare really got me and like sex yeah, ed really same. got me. So I'm like, I'm gonna be same. very safe and like I just got a ton yep. of condoms and I didn't yep. use them even because he didn't even live there but I was just like well I should just have them <laughs> and so I put them in the back of my closet and I don't remember what my mom was doing there but she found yep. them and she sat me yep. down and she just had the paper bag of condoms like on our living room table and was just crying <laughs> it was so sad like I felt so horrible yeah. um, and something similar happened to you but you were a full-grown adult yeah I was I was 28 yeah it was so right before I was moving to Amsterdam, my apartment lease was up. Um, and then I had a couple months left to like be in Amsterdam. So I moved home for, I think, like two, three months. 
And it, I packed in a rush, you know, mm-hmm. me being the procrastinator that I am. And so I just grabbed all my stuff, like shoved things in a box, random boxes, whatever, moved home. And then I never really put them away because it's like, well, mm-hmm. the, like the shipping company is going to come and I'm just going to re, you know, pack mm-hmm. it again anyway. So what's the point? And so I had a bunch of stuff just out in my parents' living room when I had moved home for that, you know, brief stint. And I guess once upon a time, so when Shane and I first started dating, he probably maybe had the same mindset as he was like, well, you really like stock up on the condoms. <laughs> so I went on Amazon and bought like the, <laughs> like the bulk, like discounted variety pack or whatever. Oh and somehow God. it had ended up in my apartment. And I guess mm-hmm. I had packed it with some of my stuff. I honestly, I had no recollection of this. I didn't even know it was with me. Mm-hmm. And I left it a bunch of boxes in my living room and my mom is super nosy. Like even when I moved to college, I would have my credit card statements mailed to my parents, my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And my mom would open all of them. Oh my God. Yeah. This is when like creeping. Yeah. And this is when electronic billing wasn't as established yet. And she would go through all of my transactions and be like, and she would call me be like, you're spending too much money here. You're spending too much money there. I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) That's my nightmare. Like I can imagine all the charges to like Bruco. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, as soon as electronic billing became, I was like, sign up, sign up immediately. Mm-hmm. But anywho, so my mom had gone through my stuff and I guess there was like this 80 pack of condoms <laughs> in one of my boxes and she found them. Didn't tell me, mind you, I was, again, I was 28. Like I was an adult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm totally allowed to have this, by the way, guys. <laughs> she didn't say anything, I guess. She like held on to this information for some time. And one day I, I live in Redlands, which is like an hour and a half, two hours away from Los Angeles. And Shane was still living in LA. So I would, you know, stay in Redlands with my parents Monday through Friday. And then Friday night I would drive to LA so that I could like see like you guys, Mm -hmm. you know, spend time with Shane, whatever. And I was in a rush to leave. My mom was like asking me to do all these things. Like, mom, like I gotta go. I gotta beat like Friday traffic. And she's like, why are you in such a rush to go to LA? I was like, mom, like, you know, I gotta go. She's like, I know why you're going. I know the real reason. And I was like, what are you talking about, mom? And she comes up to me. She's like, it's to have all the sex. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, it was so, like, from left field. I was like, what are you talking about, mom? And she's like, I found all the condoms. And then I, that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, what? Like, my mom wouldn't just make stuff up, you know? Yeah. She's like, I found all the condoms in the box in the living room. And I immediately was like, oh, my God, what is she talking about? Mm-hmm. So I go to the living room. I open the box. And lo and behold, there's, like, 80 condoms in the boxes, and I was just like, oh my god. Oh and, man. And up until that point, I had done a pretty good job of like deflecting yeah. when my mom asked me these like uncomfortable <laughs> questions. And at that point, it's like I was literally caught red-handed. Truly. There's nothing I can do to get out of the situation. I don't know. Maybe I could have lied and be like, oh, I'm holding them for a friend. But it's just at that just, point, like what's exactly. the point? Just own up to it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know what? I'm 28, like I'm allowed to have this. I've been mm-hmm. in a relationship with Shane for like many years at this point so I was just like yes mom those are my condoms (laughs) (laughs) and honestly the worst part Leslie was she just looked so heartbroken (laughs) I know she looked so sad and I remember I was in such a rush because I really was trying to beat Friday traffic I like got in the car and I actually I like cried on my drive to LA not because like I felt embarrassed or anything like that but just like look on my mom's face when she realized like you know it's, I think it was one thing in my mom's eyes to like accuse and to assume, but yeah. when I confirmed that it was a whole you know, different story and yeah. I'm not that I'm ashamed of having, because it's at the end no. of the day, it's not shameful to have these things, but no. like, it's just, 
it's just changing my mom's like perception of reality, which she wasn't, I don't know. She wasn't ready for that. No, that's a big thing to a big pill to swallow. Exactly. And like for my mom, like where she grew up during her time, this was not the norm and Mm -hmm. she never knew anything different. Yeah. My dad was her first kiss, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect her to understand. I really don't because like, Mm -hmm. how could she? Mm -hmm. So for me, I just felt so bad that that was how she had to find out, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I feel the same way. Like I still feel guilty that my mom found that bag of condoms because it was like, oh my God, my child is no longer a baby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And my mom being as conservative and religious as she is, like, that's something you wait for marriage, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And her and I never had that conversation. Mm -hmm. She never sat me down and said, you know, this is what you need to do, the birds and the bees, whatever. Yeah. So for her to just assume that I was going to follow her footsteps and then to have that reality come crashing down in that moment, I just felt so bad. And I I remember calling Shannon just like, I just feel so bad. Because that's not how she deserved to find out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The bubble uh, was burst. The bubble was burst. And at least now she, like, kind of knows the truth. Yeah, at least you don't have to tiptoe around as much. Like, obviously, you're not going to start, like, having sex talks with her. But at least Uh, it's kind of like, you know, you're not, like, worried that you're going to reveal yourself at any moment. Exactly. But it was nice to have, I guess, that part of the relationship, like, kind of like, you know what, like, this is what's happening. Cause then it was one less thing that I felt like I had to keep from my mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I mean, I will say moving home for those two and a half, three months, she Oof. found so much random stuff that it's like, cause like I said, my mom's super nosy mm-hmm. and my mom found a pair of handcuffs. I'm not going to lie. Oh my God. I did not know about that. She did. And she was like, what is this? And like, was just oh. like, I know. And I told her, I was like, oh, you know, one year I dressed up as a cop. There you go. Yeah. That's like a, a reasonable alibi. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Oh, wait. That's but all these hilarious. like. Hilarious. I know all these random things that come out of the woodworks. And I'm just like. Oh. Your I mom just, should like work for the FBI, honestly. Just like really the amount should. of like detective work she does. Yes. And she does it like, because I feel like I am pretty good about like knowing my mom has gone through my stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I felt like as good as I was about like noticing if she were to go through my stuff, she was really somehow just like random things. She'd be like, Oh, what's this? What's that? I'm like, when did you go through my stuff? Like I've been home too this whole time. Yeah. I mean, between that and being able to surreptitiously listen in on your phone conversation, like I'm impressed. No, she is definitely a ninja in the past (laughs) life. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So given the fact that, you know, your parents are both Korean, was there ever pressure to date within your culture as well? Like to meet a Korean boy and eventually settle down with him? Yeah. I mean, so my mom and dad were the only ones from their sides of the family to immigrate to America. So everyone else stayed in Korea. So everyone else, you know, only dated other Koreans, always stayed within like the Korean community not just that, like the Korean Catholic community, because my parents are, like I said, super religious. Mm-hmm. So I was the first in my whole family to date outside of that circle. Wow. And growing up, while my mom never had like the talk about the birds and the bees, she always was like, you're going to marry a Catholic Korean boy, because that's what everyone else, you know, did. Yeah. So it, yeah, there was definitely that pressure. Mm-hmm. But growing up in Redlands, it's a small town, like there wasn't a lot of diversity where I grew up. Yeah. Like I remember feeling like, really out of place because there weren't that many Koreans where, you know, like going through elementary, middle, high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so I had no opportunity to like meet other Korean people. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that pressure was definitely there. And it was 
an expectation that was always like, you know, laid out for me from the get go. Like, this is what's yeah going to happen. You're going to date and marry a Korean Catholic guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, to backtrack, it's interesting because I didn't experience that pressure as much. I feel like, yeah. you know, any pressure from my parents would have more been like, oh, ideally you would marry like a Jamaican man, you know, yeah. like it's not necessarily even like the race, it's like the nationality. But yeah. it's like, okay, I literally didn't know any Jamaicans growing up. Like I didn't just like yeah. meet them randomly at my high school. So I think that yeah. kind of removed that expectation because it's like, okay, realistically, that's not likely to happen. But I guess, so you mentioned that for your parents, it was an expectation that was communicated pretty early on. So did that ever give you anxiety about introducing future people who you might date if they weren't Korean? I mean, a hundred percent, like in high school, I did have high school boyfriends and I never really told, like, I I was never forthcoming about that information Mm -hmm. because I was so scared to tell them because I didn't want them to be upset or be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And the only reason she knew about my high school boyfriend was, like I said, she listened in on conversations Mm -hmm. and like figured it out or saw text messages, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was always a little reluctant. And even when we, you know, when I started dating Shane, I did not introduce him to my parents until Mm -hmm. two years into our relationship. Mm -hmm because of that exact expectation. It's like, I don't want to, you know, like let my parents know like, Hey, everything you told me, I'm not doing it unless I knew it was absolutely serious and something that was going to be, you know, something that I was going to be in for the long term. So yeah, yeah, Shane didn't meet my mom until two years after our relationship had began. So did your mom at that point before she met him know that you were dating somebody, but just not know details or was it a total secret? She knew nothing. Wow. So at what point were you like, okay, like, I mean, two years, of course, objectively, that is a long period of time, but like, was there a certain occurrence or thing that happened that made you be like, okay, like, I think this is the one and now I'm ready to make this introduction. It's not that I necessarily thought that he was the one. It was just like, it's, it had been two years. And like, in my mind, that was kind of like the benchmark I set for myself. It Mm -hmm. was like, okay, if we can last two years, then I feel like at this point it's, it's kind of serious or headed towards that direction. So I mm-hmm. feel like I should let my parents know. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I mean, my mom was also like, always like, I want grandkids. Like, you know, when you turn 25, you got to get married and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was getting to that age. So it's like, okay, I need to let my mom know like now you're making um, progress. Yeah. I'm making progress. Not, not, not the progress, but I didn't want her to think that I wasn't dating mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. In her mind, once I turned 25 or beyond, like, that's when I need to, like, settle down and whatever. And I knew yeah. the pressure would just come even, you know, harder. So, so true. yeah. So we had hit the two-year mark. I was getting to that age. I was like, you know what? I think now is the best time to tell my mom. So, I, yeah, I, I told her. I was like, hey, I'm, you know, dating someone. And she's like, okay, like, is he Korean? I was, like, eh. was that really, like, one of the first questions? Yeah, it was Korean. But so Shane's mom was raised Catholic. Mm, So I was like, but I was like, Oh, but he's Catholic, but he's Catholic. (laughs) So I met, you know, like one of the two Mm -hmm. criteria. Yeah. She's like, okay, that's, that's good. But, uh, yeah. So he didn't meet my parents until after two years in. Wow. I have so many follow-up questions, but for context, like when did you meet his parents? Like within the first month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. For different reasons, I wouldn't introduce yeah. my mom to somebody within a month. I think it's yeah. just like a very different timeline. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. I just yeah, think yeah. it's like, yeah, there everyone has different comfort levels for introducing their parents. So like, I think yeah. that's so funny. It's like kind of two different ends of the spectrum, like one month yeah. versus two years. Yeah. And I remember when I met Shane's whole family, like it wasn't like 
weird or anything. It was like, oh yeah, like, of course, like, why wouldn't we meet your girlfriend of mm-hmm. less than one month versus with my mom? It's like, yeah, like you better have waited two years type of yeah. you know, vibe because I mean, in my mom's eyes, you don't date recreationally. Yeah. You, you date to marry. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. my mom, my mom's expectation, and I knew this as well, which is why I waited as long as I did is like, you only date to marry. So of mm-hmm. course you would only meet someone that I was in a serious relationship with. Yeah, totally. With my last relationship, I actually met his parents pretty early on also. And it wasn't a big deal because we live in LA. His parents still live in LA. So it was a very casual, like, oh, we were going to hang out this night. And he was just like, oh, do you want to just like do this thing at my parents' house? And I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh my God, like I would have gotten my hair done beforehand. But it was just like, like, I'm not going to say no, you know? And then as a result, he actually met my mom shortly afterwards because it was around the time when my mom was coming up for a week. And at that point, it's like, well, I've already met his parents. And if my mom's going to be up here for a week, it feels very strange for me to be like, no, you can't meet her. So yeah, accelerated the timeline. But like, that would not have ever been my norm before that. Yeah. So did you feel some kind of like pressure to introduce, you know, like your family as well, just because he had introduced you to his? To be honest, a little bit, because I thought about like if the tables were turned and like taking time out of the equation, if I had introduced him to my mom and then his parents were around and he had an opportunity, like assuming it wasn't like the way it currently is where his parents live here. And he were like, "Mm, like, I don't think so. Like, I probably would have been a little bit offended. And I was just like, maybe I'm just making too big of a deal out of this anyway, in terms of like how serious it is to introduce the two of them. Like, we can just get dinner and it doesn't have to be this huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember another like dynamic that was like very different between meeting Shane's parents and my parents was like, because my parents are so conservative, I told him when he was meeting my mom and dad, I was like, don't touch me. Like, honestly, (laughs) like, don't make eye contact with me. (laughs) I was like, you're going to sit on that end of the room and I'm going to sit on this end of the room. Like, just like nothing. Like, it it was like, we, you have to like treat me super platonic. Cause like, Mm -hmm. like I said, they're very like my mom and dad's first kiss with each other was on their wedding day. So I wanted to at least like pretend to uphold this whole like Mm -hmm. facade of like, yeah, same, like we haven't kissed either. Yeah. 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 And I remember when he was meeting my parents like when they weren't around, I would like try to hold him. He's like, don't touch me, don't touch me. Like your mom could come in. And Aww, so he was also cute. like freaking out too. Yeah. Versus, versus when I met his parents and I went over to his parents' house, like he could hug me. We could Aww. like lay down on the couch together. And I remember feeling like, is this okay? Like, yeah. are you sure? And he's like, yeah, like, why wouldn't you? But when he came to my house, I was like, literally don't even look at me. <laughs> You're on opposite ends of the couch. <laughs> yeah. No eye contact. Oh. Just look at my mom. Just look at my dad. Keep your hands to yourself. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. That's tough. So I feel like we've talked about your mom a lot. Like, how did your dad feel about this? Did he have the same expectation? Or if he did, did he maybe not like, was he not as vocal about it? I honestly don't like throughout my whole life. My dad was never like the disciplinarian Mm -hmm. in my like relationship with my parents. It was always my mom. So I, I honestly, I don't know if my mom's views are my dad's views or mm-hmm. if my dad's super chill and then he just kind of let my mom take care. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But like everything that I told you about my mom saying like, he has to be Korean, he has to be, he's never once said that to me separately. Okay. Nor had, like, did I ever feel that pressure mm-hmm. unspoken like through him? Like, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. But when he met Shane, he like brought home a six pack of beer and 
Mm. Well, my dad had retired at that point, so he wasn't speaking English on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of had lost a lot of his English. Mm-hmm. And when Shane came, he was actually, my dad was speaking to Shane in Korean. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mom was like, was like, what are you doing? He doesn't know what you're saying. Like, speak English. <laughs> <laughs> my dad like, was like, I can't. Yeah. But uh, him and Shane had beers and just sat and like hung out and it was very chill. And I, I don't I really don't know. I want to say that he doesn't care as much as my mom, if I had to guess. But okay. yeah, I thought it was cute. Yeah. Like they just yeah. like chugged. And my dad's small. I don't know if you have you met my dad? I haven't. No, he's tiny. He's five foot two. He's like this tiny little Asian man. He's super Aww. cute, but he loves his beers. <laughs> and I remember when he gave Shane his beer. Like my dad can like crush a beer like very quickly. Wow. Like, chugged one. And then was like another one. And like handed a second one up to oh Shane. God, and he even finished. And Shane was like, Oh my God, like I got to catch up. <laughs> but yeah, like, so cute. Six, I know six foot two man. My dad's like five foot two. And he's, my dad's just like crushing beers. It was, yeah, it was really cute. <laughs> so it sounds like once you made the introduction and told your mom about him and all of that and had the, you know, consolation that he comes from a Catholic family, like, you know, there weren't really any rifts, but did it take some time for your parents to fully accept it? Or was it just kind of like, okay, this is what it is. And we're fine with it. We had been dating for two years. I told them about him. And then a couple of years after that is when I got the job opportunity to move abroad to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And so Shane also like told his company and, you know, they also arranged for him to move abroad and work abroad as well. So then I like the next phase of our relationship was I had to break the news to my mom. Like I'm moving abroad mm-hmm. and I'm going mm-hmm. to move in and now live with said boyfriend living in my, sin like living in sin we have we're not engaged we're not married like we'll probably share a bed you know <laughs> and i did struggle cuz for the longest time after i gotten my job offer and i hadn't told my parents yet i was like should i just lie and say we're going to get separate apartments you know i thought about mm-hmm. all this but at this point you know i was 28 mm-hmm. it's like i've gone this far along you know, making up stories or whatever I had to do to kind of like protect my mom from the truth. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to be transparent. And so, yeah, I was just like, you know what, mom? I know I just, you know, introduced him to you guys a couple of years ago. Now that here's the next phase, I'm going to move abroad and we're going to live together and we're going to share a bed. So here you go. Deal with it. Yeah. She was not pleased. She ignored, yeah. like she didn't talk to me for two weeks. Wow. She Did she really respond upset. to the text at all or it was just radio silence? No, I talked to her. In, I, I don't know if I talked to her in person or if I called her, but I did mm-hmm. tell her, I was like, mom, I'm moving to Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane's going to come with me and we're going to live together. And that was the gist of the conversation. And she was like, I did not raise you this way. You're not married. She's like, get married right now. And I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> what a like response. <laughs> yeah. She was like, well, you got to get married. I was like, no, I'm not. Like, that's not normal. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> like almost a shotgun wedding at that point. Exactly. And I told her, I was like, no, that's not happening. And she was pretty, it's, it's like the whole thing with like the condoms thing. Yeah. I, she was just kind of devastated, I think. Cause her whole, yeah. Like perception of what's normal had just come crashing down. She didn't talk to me for two weeks. I was actually pretty sad. Yeah. And I was like thinking back, I was like, should I have lied? Should I have just said, we're going to live in separate apartments. But logistically that didn't make sense because no. at some point my mom would have come visit it. It's like, 100%. what am I going to do with all of Shane's stuff? Am I just yeah. going to hide it? Like, no, it's just way too much of a hassle. Mm-hmm. And then finally she was like, okay, like, I guess you have to do this. And actually the craziest thing was, I think it was right before I moved. She told me, she was like, honestly, Julie, like if you got pregnant out of wedlock, 
just have the baby. Like, it's okay. I accept it. And I was like, what? Wow. Yeah. Super shocked. Huh. You know, it's interesting. My mom said something similar to me where it was just like, yeah, if you were to get pregnant from like, and she didn't even say this when I was dating anyone. So I'm like, oh my God, what a weird conversation to have with my mom. She's just like, yeah, some guy gets you pregnant, which I'm like, why would you say that? But I think it's kind of just like her being like, well, if it means I get a grandkid, like yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're both only, only children. So it's mm-hmm. like, they know that that responsibility is up to us. Solely only. on us. It's a exactly. lot of pressure. Yeah, but when she said that, I was just like, okay, I definitely have my mom's blessing now. Yeah, that's really sweet in yeah. a, like, twisted way. <laughs> in a very twisted way. I mean, we eventually got there. I took a couple steps. I like to think that now she's okay with it and she's fully accepted it. Mm-hmm. Like, she loves Shane, all that yeah. stuff. But it was definitely a bit of an adventure. You yeah, know? yeah. And also because, like I said, I was the first in my family to date, like, outside of the Korean Catholic circle. Mm-hmm. And so my mom, like, her expectation of what's normal, you know, like, what my cousins did. Yeah. And I did something completely different. Yeah, so. it's one thing if you have a family member who's paved the way for you. And so it's yeah. like she can look to this other relationship and be like, okay, like, this person has a healthy, happy relationship. They're probably yeah. not going to hell. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you were really a trailblazer. I mean, I don't want to go that far, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I would like to think that like, now that I've done this, like my cousins, like their kids can at least see that it's okay yeah. to date outside of the Korean Catholic circle. I don't know. I hope they're not listening, but if they are, mm-hmm. it's okay. You can do it. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully it normalizes it a little bit because it's like, come on, it's, it's freaking 2021. Yes. A hundred percent. It's like yeah. at this point, hopefully, you know, each generation can get more and more accepting of just like dating outside of your race or religion or any sort of background that might have been a hindrance before. But it is crazy to think that like not long ago, like my parents' generation, like it was very taboo, you know? Yes. A hundred. It is like really wild to think. Like I can't imagine living in a society that's that restrictive. I know, but it really wasn't that long ago when it was like that. No, but I will say like kudos to my parents for like now that everything has happened, they've had an open mind ever since, and they're mm-hmm. super accepting. Yeah. Like, yes, I am here living with Shane out of wedlock, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But she definitely talks about it, like, in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Like, does not at all think that, like, oh, like, she's living in sin or anything. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's, like, really cool. You get to do this. And so I do think maybe at the time I broke the news, it, like, broke her heart. But I yeah. did think it, it forced her to be more open-minded. So now, like, yeah. Yeah, she, I think she's pretty cool. That's great. The whole thing, yeah. I love that. And like you said, I mean, they love Shane. I feel like Shane is like also an easy person to love. Like even if you have your initial hesitations, like you know how I feel about Shane. He's so great. Yeah, yeah. And And, and and he loves you. Oh, I mean, honestly, miss him so much. (laughs) (laughs) Should I call him down and bring him on? We'll take a shot, like old times. (laughs) Shane, Leslie wants to say hello. Hey. Hi, how are you? We were just talking about you. And so I was like, yeah, of course, like anyone's going to love Shane. He's so great. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, tell yeah. the world. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone listening. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like transitioning yeah. from how great Shane is and how charming he is, mm-hmm. I wanted to take a step back and tell the story about how the two of you met because it's oh. definitely an entertaining introduction. Can Shane stay for this? Actually? Yeah, 100%. Oh, you know I love to embarrass him. <laughs> yes. 
I guess the backstory is I had a college roommate my senior year. I mean, she's a fun girl. She's definitely the type of girl that's like really fun to like go out with. But to live with was another story. We didn't end on the best terms towards the end of our lease. Mm-hmm. So you know how like most lease, I feel like apartment leases like extended into like beyond summer. Yeah. So after our senior year, there was like a couple months in between like graduation and starting our jobs. Like we all moved home basically. Mm-hmm. And this said roommate like didn't pay for her portion of the rent after we had left. And so the unpaid rent got taken out of our security deposit. And so after our lease ended, like none of us got our security deposit back. And so long story short, my relationship with this girl like didn't end well because it was basically me like saying, you need to pay like your share of the rent. (laughs) We don't have a security deposit. She just never responded, never followed through. And so, yeah, I said some maybe like, somewhat harsh things via text message, whatever. And then a couple months, it was like, was it March of 2014? Yeah. Yeah. So like a couple months after, I mean, like six plus months after we had graduated, I get this random Facebook message <laughs> from Shane. <laughs> Slid into the DMs like before yeah, that was yes. even really a thing. Yeah. Facebook message. Wow. And he was like, hey, just hanging out with blank, mm-hmm. said roommate. Mm-hmm. And she said she knew you. And in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, it's her. Like, yeah. She's kissing me. She's a catfish, like, she's yeah. Exactly. She's like, she's messing with me. Because like I said, the last conversation we had, was it was not a pleasant one. Because mm-hmm. it was me just basically telling her, you're awful. You need to give us money. Like, blah, 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 blah. So this whole time, I was convinced, like, it was her. Yeah. And Shane's, like, trying to, like, I don't know, get me to hang out with him. Yeah. In my eyes, I was like, this girl tells me, oh, my, my college roommate works at PwC as well. Um, you should totally meet her. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll add her on Facebook. Yeah. And you didn't have the full context of the fact that things ended on a sour note. He had no idea that. No clue. Yeah. yeah. He had no idea that we had ended on bad terms. Mm-hmm. He just thought like, oh, like this is her friend. Mm-hmm. And, it mm-hmm. out and, and it, on my end, I was like, she's fucking with me. Yeah. Like, how dare she? I would be suspicious too, because like from your right? perspective, if you ended on a bad note, like I wouldn't assume that this girl is then going to try and hook me up with somebody. Exactly. Like, why would she be saying my praise and like mm-hmm. trying to like get me to hang out with her when the last conversation we had was not pleasant at all? Yeah. And so I have, I have the actually the <laughs> messages pulled up right here. But like, it's like, hey, just hang out, blah. And she says she knew you. And I'm like, weird. Haven't heard from her in a while. And then he goes into, what client are you on? And then we talk about the clients <laughs> that we were on because we were both at PWC. So, you know, like really sexy stuff. Yes. Wrong yeah. game. And then uh, it goes on and it goes in and it goes on. And he goes, up to anything tonight oh my god really like yeah. jumping into it yeah and then i was like you know like going i don't actually it says i'm going out with some friends to west hollywood i want to say it was probably you, were with lying you. To me. <laughs> i was i don't know i felt like maybe we, were we going out to west hollywood i don't know whatever you don't remember what you were doing on this very specific no oh my god not. this pivotal moment in your life julie come on <laughs> yeah and then he was like oh my god same our favorite place or he's like what's your favorite place and then i literally i'm like is this blank <laughs> lol you're like cut the shit <laughs> and then he's like no it's shane and i'm like sorry but like you know like i'm paranoid at yeah. this point you know me. i'm a very paranoid person mm-hmm. and i'm like sorry i'm still trying to process the randomness he's like okay i'll wait it out and then he's like, let's hang out. And then I go, don't take this the wrong way. But you do realize I don't know you. Yeah. And you're asking to hang out with a stranger. <laughs> and his response is, doesn't mean it wouldn't be fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. 
That's what got her. Yeah. And, and I responded, stranger danger is a real thing. And he says, those are always the best times. Oh, yeah, but I'm not some bum. I'm not some bum. Oh, that's cute. And then I was like, sold. <laughs> I mean, He's at least he worked at PwC. So it's like, okay, yeah. he at least has this good job. He's not like a random, yeah. totally. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew he was a real person. I just didn't know if it was her, you know. Just yeah, if it was like a prank. my ear saying things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, yeah. I, you never know. It was Yeah. But yeah, long story short, that was the first interaction that we had. Mm-hmm. And I was very skeptical, very paranoid. I was like, who is this person? It's her messing with me, blah, blah, blah. And this was in March of 2014. Mm-hmm. And then our, and then PwC, like, annually hosts this thing um it's called promo day Mm -hmm. and at the end of our fiscal year they like throw a big party to like you know celebrate like the year that we've had blah 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 like to kickstart the new fiscal year Mm -hmm. and they had rented out that whole area by la live okay so it's like lucky strike like all those like bars around staples center that's crazy that they rented out multiple bars like sorry to interrupt but that's i don't know if they rented it out but they definitely closed off that whole section and i do recall only like PwC people being able to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to like make stuff up, but I do remember it feeling at least like it was only exclusive to us. Mm-hmm. And I ran into him in the line for the bathroom at Lucky Strike. Mm-hmm. I looked at him and I was like, okay, I recognize this person. Yeah. And I was like, are you Blah's friend? <laughs> and Shane's like, are you Julie? <laughs> I, was, and I was hammered at this point. I think I had just taken like a Jaeger bomb. Yes. Her head was sideways. Yeah, with, like you're like squinting yeah. at him. Like, and then he's like, "Are you Jilly?" And then I don't know what happened after that. But then we ran yeah. into each other again at Yard House, which is also you know in the LA Alive like complex. Mm-hmm. So we ended up there, and then we talked about like, "Oh, like what are we doing after?" Mm-hmm. And then it was at the Standard. So we went to the Standard, and I think at that point it was just me. Like I separated from like my group of work friends mm-hmm. there, and it was like me, Shane, all, all my work people, and then all his like work people because we were we worked in like different departments. Okay. And then yeah, we made out in front of uh, all of our coworkers. Drunkenly, <laughs> I love that. Wasn't it like on one of the little like day beds too at the standard? It might have been we, actually. No, we laid. <laughs> we laid in one. We laid in one first. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But no, it was. It's pretty cool. It was, <laughs> it was great. Okay. Along the railing of the standard, yeah, beautiful LA. Wow, yeah. so romantic. Yeah, yeah super. Oh my god, I love that story so much. <laughs> yeah, and here we are. Seven years later. Seven years later, like moved to another country together, basically started a family with your two pets. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And here we are. That's so wild. So clearly you guys have grown a lot together, shared a lot of life experiences and like, you know, building a life together in a new country is no small like milestone. So I would love to hear background. Of course, I know like what caused you to move, but just for the listeners, like what inspired you your move to Amsterdam and like, what was that transition like? Um, So I studied abroad in a city like pretty close to Amsterdam, like my senior year of college. And I remember like my best friends from high school, we all had made a plan like our senior year, we're all going to go to Europe. And initially I was like, we're going to go to London together, like with my best friends and I remember I had applied super late to the, like, the UCEAP thing. Like, the deadline was, like, the next day, and I had applied super late. Mm-hmm. My GPA wasn't that great. So I probably wasn't going to get London. Mm-hmm. And I remember with UCAP, you had to, like, speak. Typically, like, you had to speak the language oh, or I had yeah. at least taken, like, a couple courses in it mm-hmm. in order to, like, study abroad in that country. And so I showed up to, like, 
whatever the UCAP office are like, you can't go to London. Your GPA is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like the day before it's all full. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh crap. Like I'm going to have to tell my best friends I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we have this like opening in the Netherlands in Utrecht. And I was like, whatever. Sign I'm done. Up. Like, I'll, yeah, sign me up. I, I literally at that point, I didn't even know where the Netherlands was. Mm-hmm. Which maybe makes me sound really like not knowledgeable about the world, but I mean, whatever. In college, I, I, I wouldn't have had any context either, to be fair. Yeah, I was like, I don't know where it is, but it's Europe, so let's go. Mm-hmm. And so I had signed up, and then I like did research. I was like, oh, okay, like it's close to the UK, mm-hmm. it's fine. And so yeah, I, I ended up going, and it ended up being like the best semester of my life. It was so fun. It was so like beautiful, and I was like, I love this country, like, I love everything about it. I need to come back. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like my goal whenever I was like applying for jobs is always like, is there a global opportunity? Like, is there the potential to move abroad and go back to the Netherlands? Because I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. And so post-college, that was always something that I kept, you know, in the back of my mind, like as I was looking for new jobs. But yeah, that's basically what triggered the whole like, wanting to move abroad, living there. It was just that study abroad semester in the Netherlands in Utrecht, just having such a great time. Aww. And then, uh, yeah, I had met Shane instead, you know, context previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the first conversations that we had was about moving abroad wow. and how he also, yeah. And also, and he was like, yeah, that's something that I also want to do. And I was like, oh my that's God, like, that's great. Yeah, I was like, this is something I have to do. And I told him, I was like, this is something I need to do. Wow. Yeah, that was like a really good first like impression when he mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, a couple of years after we started dating, when this opportunity came up, I was like, listen, like, I have this job offer. Like, mm-hmm. shall we do it? He's like, let's do it. And so wow. That basically got the ball rolling and uh, here we are. That's the dream because I imagine there are so many people who have that aspiration and maybe are dating a partner who is like, no, I've never seen myself living in this other country or like they have, like, of course, Shane is close to his family, but like for some people it might be like, that might be a non-starter where they're like, I can't move that far away from my family. So it's really great that you were aligned and you didn't have to really make that sacrifice on something that was so important to you. Yeah, and I will say I was a little bit surprised when he did mention that because he is very close to his family. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of his draws for picking the university that he did was the proximity mm-hmm. to home. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when he mentioned that he was also interested in working and living abroad, not going to lie, I was a little bit surprised. But, yeah, he was very 100% on board with the idea. So it worked out. Were there any things that you kind of had to work out in terms of expectations around the timing of when you, I mean, I guess timing isn't a factor because you got the offer. So the timing was a non-negotiable, but maybe the yeah. length of the stay. I mean, I, I just feel like you need at least five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my kind of like benchmark that I set for myself. It's like, we need five years mm-hmm. to really feel like we lived somewhere abroad versus like, oh, this was just a temporary rotation in this country. Yeah, I didn't want it to feel that way. I want it to feel like I moved there. We immerse ourselves in the culture. Like yeah. this is where we lived. And I want it to be like, like a significant part of our lives. And for, mm-hmm. for me, it was like five years is kind of like the minimum. Okay. And so when we moved, I may have said, oh, it's just a two-year thing. He's like, okay, like I'm on board. And then we got here. I was like, JK, it's going to oh be fine. Oh, my God. You're like, the lease is signed. We're in. Yeah. And he's like, what? Five? You said two. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, it's tough with like COVID now. Yeah. Now that the pandemic has happened and everything, we do feel like we haven't gotten to truly experience living abroad because we've been in our apartment for mm-hmm. a year now. Yeah. 
where yeah. we're super restricted. Like we can't go out after a certain, you know, mm-hmm. after a certain time and everything. But I mean, our intent was we're going to stay for two, but I guess now it's a little bit more TBD. Wow. Wow. This is very sad for me to process, but I just have to visit you again, you know, after the lockdowns are over. Yeah. Uh, but so as someone who's visited you, I feel like when I visited you, it was literally only like four months after you'd moved, maybe even a little bit less. And I yeah. was so impressed because I feel like you'd already found this amazing group of friends and like had this great, rich social life. So from my perspective, it didn't seem like you were having a hard time adjusting, but were there any big like adaptations that were hard to kind of come to terms with? I think the biggest adaptation was we had never lived together, you know, in LA, mm-hmm. but then we moved abroad and then we were kind of like thrust into this environment of like, okay, like not only are we just going to live together, but we're going to live together in this completely new country yeah. where initially we knew nobody mm-hmm. and Shane was literally my only friend for, you know, a good chunk of time. So we really relied on each other for not just the day to days, but like the social aspect as well. Yeah. So like I, I would wake up, Shane, okay, like you got to come with me to the grocery store yeah. and then you got to hang out with me <laughs> and then you got to like do all my errands with me mm-hmm. like nonstop. So I think that was probably the biggest like transition period. It was just like going from like living our separate lives in LA mm-hmm. where like I had my girlfriends, he had his guy friends mm-hmm. and then moving here where it's like, you are my whole like 24 hour like agenda. Yeah. <laughs> zero to a hundred truly. Yeah. Zero to a hundred. I mean, there were definitely growing pains. Mm-hmm. I think we both have like our particular like things that we like have to have in the apartment yeah. and we hadn't really discussed any of this mm, yeah. prior to moving here, you know? And like, we came here, new country, hang out with each other. It's like, I like these things, very specific things. And he's like, I like these very specific things. And there was no, like, we didn't ease into that. We just straight up was like, yeah, like, this is how I live. This is how you live. Let's mm-hmm. just figure it out. Yeah. But what were like some of the biggest compromises that one or both of you had to make? Like for me, growing up an only child, as much as I I like to think that I am a social person and I like to be around people, but I also like my own personal space. And I wasn't used to sharing everything. Yeah. Because, you know, like even having roommates in LA, like we would share the common areas, but then I had my own room. Absolutely. Where I could like decompress and have my own time and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then moving here, I didn't, I no longer had that. Because, you know, you came to our apartment. It was was basically a one and a half bedroom. The half bedroom being like a bed for someone else to sleep in but it wasn't like a proper room where I could like feel like you know this was just my personal space that was just me so the biggest compromise I would say was just yeah like going from having my own room my own things like no one touching my things no one touching like how I do my bed and whatever Mm -hmm. to like nope that's all gone I have to share everything yeah Uh, that is, that is huge. And I can definitely relate as an only child who hasn't lived with a boyfriend. Like I can imagine that's a huge transition and something that takes a lot of getting used to. Yeah. And also I'm a super light sleeper. Oh yeah. And Shane loves to snore. (laughs) Loves to snore. (laughs) I mean, I know he can't control Snoring is my passion. (laughs) (laughs) I know he can't control but I'm such a light sleeper. Oh, that is really tough too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like, have I ever played for you his snoring? Oh yeah. I've heard the videos. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you know. Yes. Actually, honestly, to your question, like what is the biggest compromise? It's like learning how to sleep with just, you know, yeah. snoring straight oh. to the face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully at this point it's just like white noise for you. <laughs> Sometimes, but other times I'm like, I can't fall asleep because yeah, there's this whole 
cacophony of cacophony. sounds. <laughs> yeah. SAT term for you. <laughs> yeah, honestly impressed. Um, I feel like that's one thing that I have on my side. You know, I can sleep through anything and anywhere. So yeah, I think that would be less of an issue for me, but that's <laughs> wild. Yeah. So I know we kind of alluded to the fact that you now have these two pets. They've come on frame a couple of times. And so I feel like yep. that's a big milestone also. Like has raising pets together changed your relationship dynamic at all? Yeah, I will say, I mean, it kind of has proven that, like, I think Shane would be a really good dad. Don't ever tell him that I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. He's not used to hearing compliments from me. <laughs> no, but honestly, like, he is very much, like, the disciplinarian. Like, he's really good about, like, training them and being, like, like the strong figure mm-hmm. in, like, our whole, like, dynamic with the pets. But no, yeah, it's been it's been really good. Like he's really good about splitting the responsibilities. You know me, like I'm the type to like freak out over every little thing, and he's really good about like calming me down and like letting me know like it's fine. So yeah, I think it's been really good. Oh, that's nice for our relationship. Which honestly is shocking because we're both <laughs> such impulsive people. When we got Kimchi the cat, mm-hmm. and then we got Gigi the dog, these were not like well thought out decisions. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> like Gigi was definitely a COVID puppy. Yeah. We're like, ah, uh, screw it. We're stuck at home. We're in a mm-hmm. pandemic. Let's get a dog yeah. just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then we got the dog. We're like, oh, shit. Like, are we ready for this? Yeah. No, but he's been he's been really good about grounding me whenever I, like, freak out. And he's been really good about training her and being, like, the alpha in the household yeah. to keep her in check. So, no, it's been good. That's sweet. And, yeah, you can tell so much about, like, what a person is going to be like as a parent just based yeah. on raising, especially a dog, which requires so much training and attention. Like, yeah. yeah. So, Definitely. you know, I mean, I feel like you've had to have a lot of future-looking discussions just by nature of the fact that you're like, okay, how long are we going to stay in Amsterdam? So have you had any other discussions about other relationship milestones that you'd be comfortable sharing what are you alluding to, Leslie? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's smiling over there. <laughs> I mean, naturally, like, yeah, like the next step. I mean, we've been together for over seven years now. Mm-hmm. We have two dogs, one dog that Shane's family now takes care of because we've moved here, mm-hmm. and a cat. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, the next step is definitely, you know, like the next big step would be the engagement, whatever. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it, but I just think... Like, at least for me, being an only child, and I'm sure you feel the same way, it's like I really want my parents to be there, like, by my side because they have no one else to have that experience with. Mm -hmm. And I don't want their first experience with, like, an engagement or anything to be, like, remote. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, I would want my mom and dad to be able to feel like they can come here. And I'm sure Shane's parents also feel the same way. 100%. it's tough with the pandemic because everything just feels a little bit more disconnected because we can't freely go see each other. Yeah. That is really tough. And like the zooms, everyone's over it. No one wants like a zoom engagement when they could have like an in-person engagement celebration. Exactly. And so, I mean, I don't want to speak on his behalf, but like, yeah, we're waiting basically for all this to be over so that we can see our friends, we can see our family, mm-hmm. and then have, like, a proper celebration. If we were to take it to the next level, I would oh. want it to be a proper celebration where I could, like, have you, like, mm-hmm. and all the other girls, like, come over and, like, yeah, celebrate Yeah, with 100%. Us like, it deserves, like, a blowout in-person celebration. Yeah, you guys need to come over. We'll black out in Amsterdam. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. I want to see Blackout Leslie. I haven't seen her in so long. It's been so long. Honestly, it's been a long time since I've blacked out in general. So no one's seen her in a long time. Yeah. I, I don't think even when you visited me, you 
I don't. I, I don't think you blacked out. I didn't. Out. I got drunk, but I didn't black yeah. out. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. touring. We need like a Sherry and Amanda part two. Yeah, here. <laughs> seriously, seriously. <laughs> Sherry and Amanda are the alter egos from our fake IDs back in the day. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, good times. <laughs> okay, so I want to close out with a game, and okay. I was so excited when I was writing these game questions. I was like, these are so perfect, and it's a callback to the okay. very beginning of the episode. So okay. it's Would You Rather. And it's technology okay. edition. So similar oh, to your story of like making your Facebook status someone's name, it's like other embarrassing things that can happen when you're dating a guy that's like centered around technology. And so, okay. of course, you know, this is a disclaimer, like pretending that this happens when you're in the early phases of dating somebody. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's just dive in. So okay. would you rather be talking to this guy and showing him something your phone and the first thing it opens up to is either a thread between your friends where you've like screenshotted his text messages or a screenshot of his Instagram. Wait, would I rather prefer or not prefer? Which would you prefer that he see? Probably the text conversation because I feel like that's harder to like, he can't like really read what I was saying (laughs) versus a screenshot of his Instagram is pretty obvious. (laughs) That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. I think I would have maybe rather like seen the screenshot of his Instagram only because it's like, because I feel like you could just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to show my friend what you look like versus the text thread. I think that kind of like implies that you're like analyzing the conversation and like a level of investment. That's like a little more personal. Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, it's like, how long has he looked at my phone for? You know what I mean? Because if it was just like a millisecond or like whatever, there's no way he could like look at the screenshot of a text conversation and immediately know that I'm talking about him. Well, I guess the implication is that he knows that it's a screenshot of his text. So even if he doesn't see it, like he knows like, oh, like she's texting her friends, like pictures of like our conversation. Yeah. I still think I would pick the text because to me, that's not as obvious for whatever reason as like, oh, here's your Instagram profile (laughs) with Sherry (laughs) to all my friends. Oh my God. I just, yeah. I mean, they're both really bad. It's like different levels of privacy that you're kind yeah. of invading in a way. But yeah, I get that. I'm not going to lie. You know me. I'm a creep. You know, that's about me. Yes. And so I creep like all of my coworkers. <laughs> and whenever my coworker needs to like look at a phone for whatever reason, I'm always a little nervous. Like it's like, oh, crap. Like did I creep on you recently on Instagram? Yes. <laughs> oh, nightmare. Yeah. Anyhow. Okay. So the next one, would you rather accidentally like an old Instagram photo? So we're talking like maybe a year or two back, or would you rather like heart an old message of a guy who you haven't texted with in weeks? So it's like you were talking to this guy and maybe it fizzled out and then you like, you're scrolling through text messages and then you accidentally do like a thumbs up or a heart. And it's like, this happened like a month ago. I would probably, probably the Instagram. Same same only because maybe there's that little chance that like other people could have also mm. liked yes that's versus, true versus if it's on an iMessage it's like it's very clear that you went to this conversation <laughs> yeah. and you like this old <laughs> yeah oh my god so I have to tell a short story the second yeah. part almost happened to me where I almost hearted an old message. And the yeah. context was I'd actually never delete any text messages and people were always like why that's so Wait. weird. Wait, how do you, what do you mean delete text messages? Like the whole, like the thread? Yeah, itself? like you know how some people will clear out messages of like, oh, I'm not, yeah. never going to talk to this person again. I have every message I've had since I got an iPhone, like in yeah. stored in my history. 
And so the last week it actually came in handy because I was like preparing for another podcast episode. And I was like, oh, I just need to like confirm what happened for like this storytelling purpose. And so I was going through texts from like two years ago and I was scrolling through a conversation with a guy. I literally haven't spoken to this guy since 2018. And I like, you know, like when it pops up to like select one of the options, it popped up. And I literally had a panic attack in that moment. And thankfully it didn't go through, but I was like, how embarrassing he'd be like, I haven't talked to you since 2018. Like, <laughs> But yeah, thank God that there's like that extra step in between oh where it's like, which one would you like to pick? Yes. Because if it was immediate. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Whatever. At least you did make his name your Facebook status. So true. It could, it could always be First worse. And last. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next one, would you rather accidentally text a guy a screenshot of your website history from the past week? Or your bank account statement. Bank account statement. Yeah, that's fair. I do not care. Look look at how poor I am. <laughs> so that one, I actually was like listening to a podcast and the bank account, I got that idea from this podcast. Wait, sorry. When you say bank account statement, do you mean like all the, like the transaction history or just the amount? That's a great, I think the transaction history, because I think that's kind of like the equivalent of like the website history, but like you see the amount too, like, you know, when you pull up like that, it's like you see like, oh, this was your last thing. You took out $20 here and now you have whatever left. Um, And this girl apparently was like texting with this guy to like plan their date. And she was trying to send a screenshot. I think of like an option for a restaurant. She sent her bank account statement and she was saying like, it was the day before payday and she had $26 in her account. (laughs) Honestly, like, whatever. Like, I feel like that's fine. That's not a big deal. I, you know? Yeah, it's not. I think the $26 would be pretty embarrassing because it's also like, are you, is the implication then like, oh, you have to pay because like I'm poor. <laughs> like, no, but that's like, that could be your checking. Maybe your savings account has a lot more money. Or maybe true. you're really good about moving money into like other that's, things. That's true. So for me, definitely not that. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely not want them to see my internet browsing history because, <laughs> like I said, I love to creep. <laughs> I would be okay with it. I feel like I have nothing to hide. And not that I have anything to hide from my bank account, but I don't really have anything to hide from my, like, web browser. So I think maybe because I really? don't creep that much that it might be a positive. Like, he'd be like, oh, like, she's not, like, every other girl who's, like, Instagram stalking. I'm stalking so hard for <laughs> You're you like, know I'm guilty. Me. Yes. Yes, I do. I can confirm. But you know what? I decided to control the narrative and let people know, like, yes, I am creepy, you know, so that I can just be at the forefront of it. Like, whatever. I I own it. I'm creepy. Yeah. If you're my friend, I will creep you. I want everything about you. I will find your Facebook photo from 2008 (laughs) when you did that weird beer bong, (laughs) that weird tailgate. I will find it. (laughs) Uh, True friend. Yeah, exactly. Anywho, next question. So would you rather view his LinkedIn and it's like you're logged into your account, you know that he's going to see it. Or would you rather view his ex's Instagram story? But like, there's a chance he might never find out, you know, like you don't know if like she's going to be like, this girl looked at my story. Did I ever tell you the story of my roommate? I don't want to say her name, but my roommate who did that. No. Looked at her ex's new girlfriend's Instagram, which wasn't private, and she was holding it up while she was laying down. Oh, no. And she accidentally, because you know, if you double tap, you like it. Mm-hmm. She accidentally double tapped no. it. <laughs> no. Because it, like, I think the phone was like about to fall, so she like caught it, yeah. and then it ended up double tapping like an old photo. God. And then she blocked her. 
Wait, the like new girlfriend blocked. Yeah, her. the new the new yeah the new oh girlfriend God. of the ex had blocked her. Wow. But I would probably yeah like you know what screw it. There's a good chance that the ex won't know. And and even if the ex <laughs> does find out that they're your ex, who cares? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I'm kind of torn. I'm leaning towards the LinkedIn only because I think that's fine. It's kind of like, you know, I just wanted to confirm you're like, not, you are who you say you are. And yeah. that you have a job. So I think that's exactly. reasonable. And LinkedIn is like, to me, kind of like the platform where you go. It's not, it's not like a creepy platform. It's like everybody looks at it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like everyone has jobs. Fair game. Know what people do. Yeah. It's fair game for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the last scenario. Would you rather, after a first date, accidentally send a text that's intended for your friend where you're gushing and saying, like, oh, my God, I like him so much already, or where you're complaining about how bad the date was? God, that's a good one, Leslie. Dang it. <laughs> Probably the how bad it was, because if it was that bad, I'm never going to talk to him ever again. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean, if it, was, yeah. if it was really good, I would want to progress that, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't want to come off too hot too you know yeah too quickly 100 yeah. percent. i fully agree yeah. it's like that sucks because it's mean but also yeah. if it's a bad date like maybe it's because they were like kind of a shitty person so yeah no harm no foul yeah like that time i went on a date and the guy asked me legitimately <laughs> when i said i was korean and he was like north or south oh my. like that guy deserves to be roasted fully i was like what the fuck do you think you think i was from north korea i'd be telling you how i <laughs> smuggled myself out of a communist country and i'm now on the date with you oh like, my god just casually living your life yeah oh exactly. my god that is so crazy i'm so glad that you brought that up because yeah he deserves yeah. to be dragged on this podcast <laughs> yeah so you know what if it was that situation i would want him to see that text conversation where I was like, <laughs> so he, he knows how dumb not- he is yeah, like he did not know the difference between North and South uh, Korea. Yeah, you know what? No shade to us for being like in college. We didn't know anything about the Netherlands. Like this guy is really dumb. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. that's another exactly. level. Exactly. Well, this was so much fun. Um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience and, you know, just bonding yeah. with me about our immigrant parents and their their yes. standards. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I have another sister that we can talk to each other about our woes. Mom, if you're listening to this, it was not me. <laughs> Someone who Leslie made me do it. It's a deep break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Well, this was so amazing. And as always, if you want to follow the podcast, you can find it on Instagram at Interstates and Heartbreak, or you can find me at Leslie Nope, L E S L I E G N O P E. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Leslie. Miss you. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.